Parenting is often lived in the extremes. It's either great joy or chaotic overwhelm. In one moment you're nailing it and the next you're losing your cool. I want to help you find your way to the messy middle, to a place of balance. You see, balance is a verb, not a state of being. It is a thing you do, not a thing you are. It is an action, a process, a series of micro-corrections that you make each and every day to keep yourself feeling centered. We are never truly balanced. We are engaged in the process of balancing. Hello, I'm Dr. Laura Froyan, and this is the Balanced Parent Podcast, where overwhelmed, stressed out, and disconnected parents go to find tools, mindset shifts, and practices to help them stop yelling at the people they love and start connecting on a deeper level, all delivered with heaping doses of grace and compassion. Join me in conversations that will help you get clear on your goals and values and start showing up in your parenting, your relationships, your life with open-hearted authenticity and balance. Let's go. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Balanced Parent. And I'm really excited to welcome a new guest on the show today, Allison Coombs, who is a personal trainer and a pelvic health specialist. Um, Allison, welcome to the show. Why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Okay, my name is Allison, and I help moms to lose unwanted weight, as well as get relief from conditions such as diastasis recti and incontinence. And I do that through fitness, nutrition, and mindfulness. Um, and I'm really passionate about uh, women's health and bringing movement and uh, in a holistic way to moms, because um, I feel like we really need it. <laughs> We As do. Moms. Yeah. You know, not very many people know this about me, but after the birth of my second daughter, I had a 10 finger diastasis, okay. um, which is so diastasis recti are measured by putting your fingers kind of in the split in your abdominals and met, you know, how many fingers can fit in. And I could fit 10 fingers in, into my abdominals and I healed it through yoga um, and through core work and working with a pelvic health um, physical therapist. Um, But I think what you do is so important because when I was suffering from my diastasis, it it impacted everything about me. I mean, I couldn't move comfortably. I couldn't take care of my kids. I was in pain almost all the time from kind of the resultant back pain of not having a stable core and a functional body. It was awful. And so I'm so grateful for the people like you who are out there helping um, parents and especially moms as they recover um, and move into having a healthy whole motherhood. So thank you for your work in this area. Yes, I am very passionate about that area. And I'm so happy that you're able to connect with the pelvic floor of physiotherapists. I always uh, connect my clients with one. I always do referrals. So they work in partnership uh, with me to help uh, my clients because things like incontinence or prolapse or diastasis recti, it really can impact the quality of a mom's life. And for me, I had, uh, before I had kids, I had symptoms, bladder symptoms. And so that's what made me get into that sort of feel is through a chronic illness called interstitial cystitis. Now, my journey with uh, pelvic health started when I was 19, actually, because I had mm-hmm. uh, these random symptoms 
that were like like bladder pain and pelvic pain and urgency and all these weird things and then eventually I got diagnosed with interstitial cystitis um, and so I was able to heal my body holistically um, when they said there's no cure but I guess I'm in remission not really cured but uh, I um, I owe that to looking at things through a mind body soul kind of perspective and then fast forward when I had my children, I heard moms having the same issues uh, that made me want to pursue this uh, sort of field to help them because I know what I went through when as a 19 year old. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also had diastasis after my second and a little bit of incontinence and in that as well. And after my third, the same thing because usually it comes again <laughs> if you, because um, my pregnancies are pretty not awesome. (laughs) Um, So that's what made me get into this uh, field of pelvic health, my own story and hearing and wanting to help other moms that were going through things that were similar because I realized how as a 19 year old, I have time for self-care, but as a mom, I wanted Mm. to really help them because I realized that you know, they're suffering from the same symptoms, but they don't have this amount of time to put into caring for themselves. Yes. Um, Yes. Okay. So Allison, you've had this great post on Instagram just this morning and I, it made me so excited and so glad that we were going to have our conversation today because you were talking about how you as a mom finally figured out that your health matters and how you went about supporting your health, making time for yourself and finding a way to get yourself the support that you need. And I think that that message is so needed in order for us to have balanced families and balanced lives. Um, So I will definitely put your Instagram handle in the show notes so everybody can go and follow you and check out this post. But tell us a little bit about like how did you first kind of come to that conclusion of that your health matters. I I have my own story about where I, like how I came to that conclusion, but I want to hear yours. For me, it it comes from a breaking point, I would say. (laughs) It was after the birth of my uh, third child and she was born deaf and we had Mm. so many appointments. I think last year we must have attended over 100 appointments with everything and she had a surgery and all that. And it just was, uh, it was hard. And I, because our living arrangement wasn't uh, ideal at the time either, it was uh, hard to get in help for myself because I didn't want to ask to bring people into someone else's space. And it was just, uh, so I just suffered in silence for a while. Um, and I also homeschool my kids, that's a side note, but like, wow. so I was doing that <laughs> and dealing with her stuff and, you know, trying to run my business and, you know, and, you know, it was just looking in the mirror and like, okay, now I have this unwanted weight I didn't want because I'm not taking care of myself. I pretty much lived in my car driving to all these appointments like a crazy mm-hmm. person, dragging usually all the kids to teach them on the go and, um, you know, trying to figure out, uh, you know, how to bring income to my family. And, you know, there there was people that wanted to support me in that, but I, I guess the image of that super mom played in my head that if I accepted mm. the help, I am weak. Um, that I should be able to manage all and wear all these hats, the income hat, the homeschool mom hat, you know, the, the, that business, that mom of a disability child hat, all these hats, all those hats. I should be able to wear and do everything by myself. Um, and I accepted help here or there, like, you know, my mom would come and help me a lot and 
but it wasn't enough for the amount of stress I had had in that first mm-hmm. year, right? I remember when Grace had her surgery, some mom, like uh, some people from church had brought us some meals and, you know, I wish I had asked for more of my friends to to do that for, for us. Like in hindsight, if I was to do it again, I would have accepted all those inbox of help because mm-hmm. there was lots of inbox. I would have said, There's yes. There's lots of people yes, offering. Yeah. Yes, please. But mm-hmm. it was just that that mindset of like I have to maintain and be strong and be a super mom and do it myself so it was me not fixing my own diastasis and then getting you know symptoms from that having a bit of incontinence going with that I'm not taking care of myself like I think one of the key things I was it was my husband's birthday it's a random story but and so I was trying to pick out a lingerie and I was like oh I just didn't like the way that I felt in it right I didn't feel confident and and I don't know I was just like I'm not taking care of my mind I'm stressed all the time I'm being short with my kids it was just it was every aspect it was just not working so mm-hmm. physically I didn't like what I saw my body was no longer functional it was breaking apart physically mentally I'm just not myself I'm I'm switching between sad and angry and that's not who I am I'm a very light mm-hmm. and happy person with you know, bubbly and I'm not that kind of a person and just in, in every single way it impacted my life negatively. So I said, you know what, I'm just going to accept help <laughs> because yeah. I'm going to be a better person when my cup is full and I matter too, because you cannot pour into someone's cup. Like we read a book all the time to the kids and I'm like, I'm not even taking this advice of this book, right? <laughs> About like filling people's buckets, The right? bucket fillers. Yes. <laughs> yes. More moms need to read that book and apply it to themselves, <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah. I only told them about this bucket thing and I would pour and pour and pour. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, I think, I don't know. I just start, my body started to break down. I was like, no, I can't do it anymore. So I just, you know, get, get, I got help. Like I asked my mom, I talked to my husband and just explained how I needed to be supported mm-hmm. because sometimes you don't even want to approach the people that live in your home to say anything, right? Yeah. You don't want to, because you feel like, you should be able to have it together. He's at work all day. I should be able to have the whole Oh man, together. that word should is like, should is one of the most destructive words, I think in our language. It keeps us from so much when we are, should kind of all over ourselves. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So when you talked to the people in your community and to the people in your family who had the, like, the power to support you and you ask for help how did they respond did they want to yes I would say that uh nobody said no which is great right yeah <laughs> um and I realized I like I just need a uh, needed a couple people that, right mm-hmm. to fill what I needed so it's so it's just like my mom and my husband as well as like a couple of friends and everybody supports in different ways and I also try to support them with what they need as well so like for example, with me and my other friend, we do like a childcare share sometimes because she mm-hmm. owns a dance studio. And so like we kind of get work done by watching each other's children. So the other one can like write a blog post or do something like that. So yeah. it's sometimes sharing help um, opportunities like that. And and everybody was, everyone was supportive. Like my mom still comes over a couple of days a week to help me now. She'll sleep over for maybe three days in a row. So I know these are my three days to get what I have to do done. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I think sometimes support can also be paid support for some people, mm-hmm. right? So that's like getting a cleaner. I don't have one. That's between me and my, me and my, my, my household. We clean, <laughs> but I try to teach the kids actually. How yeah. To do clean up after themselves. But um, it can be like whatever you need in home. Like some people use like, uh, what is that called? HelloFresh or something mm-hmm. like Yeah, like meal stuff, kits. Stuff like yeah. that. Like some people use things like that. So it can also be, and for me as a homeschool mom, that can mean using something like OutSchool to like take a subject for that semester if I need that oh, time to do something yeah. else because they're certified teachers anyway, right? So it's, uh, they can teach them one subject while I do something else with mm-hmm. like the baby's therapy so the other two are getting this yeah, time and I'm doing the therapy yeah absolutely I love this idea of that a village you know so we are not supposed to be doing this alone and this is something that I say over and over and I think parents need to hear it over and over but parents were not meant to raise kids alone that is not how human beings were like biologically designed right so I mean Human babies are programmed to form multiple attachments, and it's best for babies' developments to have three or four strong attachments, which tells me that little babies are supposed to have three or four adult caregivers in their lives, right? So we are not supposed to do this alone. We are supposed to have support. And in, um, I, you know, in the U.S. where we are, like, that's not how, that's culturally just not how it is anymore. And so sometimes we have to pay for our village, you know, the village that we, by our human birthright, need in order to raise these really dependent kids, you know, for a long time. And And there's nothing wrong with paying for the village. You can get some free village and some paid village and merge them. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I love that. Yes. Okay. And so then once you, like, um, you know, it's, funny like so I had this this moment when after my second I had this huge diastasis I was back at work I wasn't able to do any of the PT that I was supposed to be doing I had like three hours of physical therapy because I was in a car accident while I was pregnant as well so I had just lots of PT to do Mm -hmm. um and I was laying in bed after a really long day at work the nanny had just come and taken the baby after she'd fed because I literally couldn't put her in her in her crib like I couldn't carry her and put it like bend over and put her in our crib. And I just realized I couldn't do it anymore. All of those hats, like you were talking about, I had so many different hats and I was failing at all of them and I just couldn't do it anymore. And so I made a plan with my husband. I quit my academic job. I was a tenure track professor at the time. And I started a business that allowed me to be more balanced, you know, and so not everybody needs to do such a drastic step as what I did, you know, but I mean, I was, you know, I took a year to just physically recover too. And I had the privilege and ability to do that um, with one little one at home and the other one at school. Um, But the, I mean, we, we shouldn't have to come, I think, to a breaking point in order to realize that our health matters, right? And so for everybody out there who's not at their breaking point right now, who's listening to this, I would love, Allison, if you could share some, like, some, like, let's not get to the breaking point tips, you know, like, like, what can they be doing now to support their health, their mental well-being, their physical well-being, um, kind of this whole person idea, which is something you talk about that I love. Um, How can they, how can they do that now so that they don't have to get to that breaking point before? you know, before they really prioritize themselves? I would say that everybody 
should today at some point take a pen and a paper and write down all the activities that they love to do. Um, mm. Because sometimes you lose yourself and you forget, what do I even like? You're just so engulfed in your kids and your spouse and yeah. your dog and your cat and you just forget what you actually love to do. So to take a pen and a paper and write down an exhaustive list of all the things that make you feel good or some of the things that make you feel good after. So some people don't like exercise, but they, they like how they feel after they mm-hmm. exercise. So write that on the list too. <laughs> so yeah. like that, you can make it in like three kind of categories. So like a mind, body, spirit, kind of uh, what you need. Do you need to sing at the top of your lungs? Do you need to hike? Um, do you need to meditate every single day? What do you need for, your, for you to function optimally in every area? Because each area matters. There's not an area that matters more than the other in in my personal um, opinion. Um, So I would say that, and pick at least three things, three or four things out of that list. So keep it in a place on your phone or, you know, on your fridge that you can see it and pick pick two, like three to four things per week that you can do um, from that list. And in terms of getting the time to do it, um, talking to the people in your life to say, hey, I, these are my four things per week I need to do. How can we make this happen so whoever you live with in your house your partner or you know your mom whoever it is your dad who you live with you can talk to them and say hey can you give me time to do these things and if you can't get time maybe it's a paid like a babysitter or whatever it is um like there's times when the kids go to bed that I do or nap time that you can optimize those sorts of times mm-hmm. for scheduling things. Cause, um, or even, you know, that 5 a.m. wake up club <laughs> before your kids wake yeah. up, unless you're unfortunate like me, then they wake up at five. But <laughs> um, and some of the self-care things you can actually do with your kids as well. Um, if to make time for fitness, there's times that where the other two are biking and I'm pushing the stroller and I'm doing my, my cardio, my workout with her while I'm watching them do what they need to do. And I meditate with my kids as well, like, because I also want to model what that looks like for them so they can bring that to their adult lives as well. So, um, yeah, I love this. I love asking the idea of asking for what you need. I think so often we assume that the people in our lives are like notice us not getting our needs met. And especially as women, as mothers, um, we have this message that we are not supposed to ask. And if people love us, they'll see us struggling and then they'll offer to take things off of our plate. And that's, that's not how First of all, you know, if you're in a heterosexual relationship, that's not how men are socialized. Men are socialized to take, ask for and take what they need, take the time. Like mm-hmm. very, like very rarely does my husband ask me, like, can I go golfing this Saturday? He's just lets me know I, I scheduled a tea time for Saturday, <laughs> you know, I mean, and, and that's okay. Cause we've had those conversations, but, um, they're, they're expecting you, I think, to ask for what you need, ask for that, you know, not, or just let them know I need this time. And kids too, my kids are five and seven, but since they were like maybe two or so, I started really having good boundaries around some things that I needed. Like I need a half an hour of no one talking to me in the morning while I drink coffee. <laughs> and so we have mommy's quiet moment. And by, at around two, they're capable of giving me that not 20 minutes right at 
first, but we build up in, you know, in five minute increments Mm -hmm. and we can, we can ask our kids for what we need too. I need time to get this yoga done. This yoga helps me feel more balanced. It lets me run after you guys. And so I have to do this. You know, if we want to be able to play tag later, I've got to get this yoga done. Okay. It's so good. You guys go play while I do it. That's true. Proactive and scheduling. And we did the same. I, I didn't realize, uh, because it just naturally happens in our schedule that I do have, when the baby takes a nap, then that's my time to do whatever I have to do. And then they have to go play. Yeah. <laughs> they got to go downstairs. But I think it just became so routine. They know the baby is napping, go downstairs. It's kind of like a, it's in our routine. Your schedule. rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so they just, they just do it now. But that, that's a good point that you made that uh, being proactive is super important. <laughs> yeah, I think being proactive is important in all areas of parenting. You know, this like the life that we want a life of balance and a li- life of connection and a life of joy, like those things happen, have to happen on purpose. You know, they just don't happen because we wish that they would. You have to plan and, mm-hmm. and work for it, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I didn't know that you were a homeschooling mom, but I did know that you really are interested in positive parenting too. Um, Do you have any things that you'd want to share with our listeners in terms of parenting? I feel like you are like a jack of all trades or like, (laughs) this is amazing. (laughs) For me, um, I'm a lifelong learner. That's something about me. Um, I really love, so I've attended, I think, lots of different parenting classes. I've read lots of different parenting books because I really, and I just take all the positive things from each thing and I've kind of like melded what, you know, my own kind of method. Taking (laughs) what works for you, leaving the rest. That's absolutely like so important to be able to have that good filter. Yeah. So for me, like a proactive parenting is something that's very important to pre-frame things so the kids have clear boundaries and expectations. I think that that's something that uh, has really worked well for our family. So for and and because you can always word something positively and negatively. So I try my best to mind my words when I'm phrasing mm-hmm. things to the kids. So and not being like, oh you're not going to get pizza (laughs) if you don't do this. I try to change that and like, oh, what's the best way for us to earn, uh, you know, a pizza party this week? Like, what are the things we can do? And then it's like more creative and you can come up with the list of things that you can do to earn and not take away sort of Mm -hmm. um, thing. Or if we're going somewhere, just making clear boundaries in in a kind way and having them make choices. And so like um, my eldest will say, mom makes decisions, but we make choices. (laughs) That's (laughs) funny. He says things like that. And I try to teach them life skills. And um, so I know when I was teaching him to bike the other day and he came back and said, mom, all the life skills you taught me are going to come back to help me ride this bike. And I warmed my heart. to. Oh my gosh. Wait, how old is this kid? He's six. He's six. (laughs) He's so wise. Oh, wow. He's he's really, he's really a funny guy. Right. Um, (laughs) But I, I would have to say that, yeah, the biggest thing for me is, is, being proactive to make a schedule for them to read it out for them I have have it posted I have affirmations beside it it has six sections of the day like you know they have a star chart because uh it's a way for them to earn currency for them to to buy things um because 
I don't know. I wanted them to see how their money accumulates and then we can do some math from the star chart and, you know, let's take away this. And I love that you are, it seems like you are kind of rolling this all into just a way of being. And I, I think that that's so important that if we want to be balanced and connected and have good relationships with our kids, like it has to be this whole, like this whole family endeavor, right? Like, and it's all the time. It's in all the pieces. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I, I love that, that you have the rhythm, you have the affirmations, you have all of those things kind of just right there ready for us. So wait, how do you balance having a business, being a wife and mom and homeschooling your kids? How does that happen? <laughs> the first year I was just getting my bearings because this was our first year like as the baby was born I was going to do it and then I found out she had but I already promised my eldest I had asked to be homeschooled that oh, I would he'd asked to be homeschooled interesting um so well we decided together right yeah I yeah to my sure husband yes and, absolutely um he was he was on board so I already told him that that was happening um so I was like oh do you want to go back to school because the, I have to deal with the baby stuff so I, I don't know again support that's how I did it all like I didn't yeah. do it by myself and I I cannot wear all those hats by myself and and no. be saying those are too many hats so when my mom comes for example that's why everything's posted the schedule so if I take some subjects then she'll do some subjects with them and mm-hmm. um you know, my husband will help to do like their, their free time activities or painting or stuff like that. Um, he works for some weird hours. So it works out that mostly my mom and I school them. And with the business, I had taken a break. Sometimes you have to take something off your plate when the first year of uh, Grace's life, because it wasn't, it wasn't my priority at the time. I wanted to make sure that she would thrive and excel. And I, the business had to go on the back burner for yeah. me to ensure that she had all my attention I can get her to all those as I said it was over 100 appointments that she had with like it was it was an insane and intense sort of year so that's the one thing that suffered but how I'm doing it right now because all the pieces are back together is is just through support like sometime my friend comes over and we watch each other's kids. My mom comes over. My husband watches watches them, and we all take part in in the schooling. And uh, we take part in my other friend that comes over that owns a dance studio. She's also a super mom. She's like a <laughs> she's a teacher, a certified teacher too. So she can also teach them. So it's, <laughs> it's uh, that's amazing. Okay, so what I'm hearing you say that is there, it seems like there's three things. One is like getting organized so that everybody, you know, if you're going to be having support, people coming in and out, that it's all organized and laid out so somebody can come in, take up, take up the reins and do the thing for a little bit while you're doing something else, right? So being organized, having a rhythm, having a flow, having schedules is really helpful. Then having that community, that support, whether it's paid or whether it's, you know, um, free, getting creative in the ways that you get that, right? Yes. And then, um, gosh, what was the third thing? Maybe it was only two. But those, I, those are, I feel like, the two big takeaways, like, especially, like, the creativity, like, really, like, knowing, like, that there's, there is a way for you to get the support, even if you can't pay for it, even if you're, you know, feel isolated in your community, like, if you are looking and you're getting creative, it's there, you know? Yeah, I think, I think just looking for, there's always people willing to help, like, and I think even if you feel isolated in the moment, Mm -hmm. 
it's 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 a mindset shift that yeah. you're not actually you're not actually alone right there's there are groups of people that will pitch in to help you you just need to join some clubs find some the more people you know the more chances somebody will help you from those yeah. groups of people and there's nothing wrong with that you can also offer your help too like when i first got started with fitness i did another childcare share with my neighbor cuz she was an underwater photographer so and she was a writer so she would watch uh, Liam that was my middle my middle one and so I can go teach fitness and then I would watch her daughter so she can do her writing and her underwater photography so yeah. um, you just find people that there's always someone that needs help so if you barter your mm-hmm. you know your time for someone's time that gives you a couple hours right yeah there's, and there's so many moms that need that break too yeah they do and and people want to help I think you said you said that just a few minutes ago and it's so true that that people want to support you. And that is a mindset shift to get around because I think we have a lot of shame around needing help, needing support. And sometimes I think for some people to get over that barrier, that shame barrier, they need to understand that me letting someone else help me is a gift to them, that it's fulfilling to them. It feels good to help your neighbor. It feels good to help your friend. It feels good to be able to make a meal. Lots of people are looking for ways to be involved in your life and to support you. And maybe you don't think you're worthy right now, but you definitely love them and want them to feel good. And they'll feel good if they help you. So it's a gift to them to let them help you. You know what I mean? I feel like that was a little bit backwards, but did that make sense? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Good. I understand what you were saying. Yeah. I mean, that was something that like I, I had to learn as a new mom was that the people in my life, my sister, my mom wanted to help me and I, I was hurting them in pushing them away and not accepting them, their help and hurting myself all at the same time. Um, and that it could be a gift to them, you know, to let them help me. Um, yeah. That's a good way to look at it. I have to, there's still a lot of people that want to help me. I have to think of it. My yeah. chef, that's like a, maybe a learning for myself, even on this yeah, call. I thought good. I was doing pretty well, but I learned something. <laughs> oh, we always have mindset shifts and limiting beliefs to blow through. For sure. They're always there. I love it. Yeah. I, I think. I, I, they, there are people who want to help you and you just have to find them and let them, let them in, you know, let yourself be supported, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Okay, good. Well, so I always end conversations with my guests by asking for the, your, like the three things that you do to stay balanced and maybe you aren't balanced all the time, but um, we're all kind of, you know, it, at this podcast, balanced is never something that you're done with. It's always something that you're doing. So mm-hmm. what are the things that you're doing right now to stay balanced? Do you mean in terms of self-care items or in terms of like scheduling, keeping a schedule? Yeah, kind of all of those things. Like what, what makes you feel like a balance, you know, that like when you feel centered and grounded, what are the practices that you're regularly doing? keeping to our schedule when when that's mm-hmm. uh when we're not following it closely then things don't go according to how they should <laughs> it doesn't go too smoothly there's uh-huh. always time for flexibility but like I find if there's too many days without the schedule then it's uh it falls apart a bit mm-hmm. um, taking time for quiet I re- I'm a very extroverted person but since I've had children then mm. um and I'm with them all the time, like most of the time, then I, I need time for quiet. So every single day I need 
like like dead silence it's not like it's not enough to have like the playing in the background like dead silence like me so too like, <laughs> that's where mommy's quiet moment comes from <laughs> yes and, yeah. and time for uh moving my body that's uh so going mm-hmm. for a walk I find that very restorative like I like walking and listening to sometimes worship music or um sometimes like uh I'm always learning something random or sometimes it's just a silent time that's my mm-hmm. silent time that's uh, a walk those are some like some things that I find useful for me and in my journey just walking a lot <laughs> quiet time and scheduling yeah. things and I the love it. <laughs> yeah. so I can do those things so you can do those things absolutely well seriously Allison this was so much fun talking with you and I think it was really helpful to to really understand like that we don't have to get to that rock bottom in order to realize that our health matters and that we can ask for support when we need it and that people are out there willing to help us. So I really appreciate you being here with me. Thank you so much. Okay. So thanks for listening today. Um, Remember to subscribe to the podcast. And if it was helpful, leave me a review that really helps others find the podcast and join us in this really important work of um, creating a parenthood that we don't have to escape from and creating a childhood for our kids that they don't have to recover from. And if you're listening, grab a screenshot and tag me on Instagram so that I can give you a shout out. Um, and definitely go follow me on Instagram. I'm at Laura Froyan PhD. Um, that's where you can get a behind the scenes look at what balanced conscious parenting looks like in action with my family. And plus I share a lot of other really great resources there too. All right, that's it for me today. I hope that you keep taking really good care of your kids and your family and each other, and most importantly of yourself. And just remember, balance is a verb and you're already doing it. You've got this.